Sound the alarm. It's the end of times. Up is down. Down is up. Cats and dogs are living together in harmony. Rutgers basketball is ranked in the AP Top 25. Call your family, tell them you love them, and settle in for your impending doom. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. Apparently the Wolverines can, too. I'm Mike Jones, joined, as always, by my friend, Kevin Greck. And thank you, of course, for listening. If we could ask for a favor, please do let the Spartans in your life know about the podcast. Follow us on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod. And of course, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. I love reading those reviews. Greck, I know you love it, too. Oh, um, my mom reads them. She gets really excited about every new one. She calls me. She's like, Kevin, your podcast has another new review from whomever that has said very <laughs> nice things. And I say, shut up, ma. I'm rewatching Cassius toss up that oop to Xavier Tillman to break the oh, big 10 assist record. God. All right. You're, ju- you're jumping too far ahead because that I could I could talk for that conservatively. 10 hours yeah just about that one assist dude but anyway what a way to do it you're gonna break the big 10 assist record and you do it like that oh yeah the man's got style oh yeah i was i was jumping i was shouting at everyone in the room i was explaining them what just happened (sighs) all right but before we get to all that folks uh we got to let you know about our presenting sponsor of course as always brought to you by our favorite pub in ann arbor on packard street Fraser's Pub. Kevin, uh, what can we say about Fraser's Pub that we haven't said before? Have we mentioned the wood paneling on the walls? I think, I think we have. I'll have, have to review we, the tapes, but I believe we've talked about that, yeah. Have we covered the uh, rotating draft selection featuring many craft breweries? I think we have. And Pat Williams says that the Reuben, really good. Excellent. And have we covered the many big screen TVs that will let you capture whatever sporting event you might be interested in. It's a solid game-watching environment, I've found. Yeah. Big Ten-friendly, folks. So even though you find yourself in Ann Arbor, you want to stay away from the students, you want to stay away from the madness a little bit, uh, Fraser's Pub is a great place to catch a Spartan game. And of course, we would appreciate it if you told them that Can't Read, Can't Write sent you. Uh, Good to know about Fraser's Pub is that every month they have a Beer of the Month. And that means you get a 23 ounce for the same price as a pint. This month, for the little bit that we have left, is Founders Solid Gold, which I will invite everyone to just Google what Founders says about it. It's drinkable. Drinkable. It's it's drinkable. I'm I'm sure it's a quite fine beer. I'm sure it's a very drinkable beer, because that's how you should describe a liquid. Drinkable. Um... For those of us, for those of you who are uh, are joining us for the first time, welcome. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in, or you don't really have to tune anything. Uh, click on that subscribe button. That's what we're yeah. Interested way to in. use anachronistic terminology. Yeah. Are you are you, are you gonna uh, like save to a, with a little disc symbol on your computer after this? Are you? Just, uh, I'm gonna invite people to pop the CD drive in or something. Organ trail. We, should we N64. film this? podcast and put it on youtube with our filming it 
All right. Anyway, we're getting off off the rails a little bit early. Uh, Want to let you know how the show works. Uh, the first segment we have is called The Green Wall, where we take a deep dive on some of the headlines uh, dominating MSU sports. Then we take it off Grand River and explore some of the headlines in college sports that are not happening or don't happen to be MSU-centric. Uh, we answer your Twitter questions and, of course, wrap it up with a preview of the games ahead. Um, and as always, sprinkle in our favorite, not a sponsors. To be clear, the Frasers sponsor is real. So check out Frasers because um, <laughs> that confuses some people. But anyway, folks, let's start off with what started as a quiet week in football and then uh, kind of got blown up at the 11th hour here. Uh, well, it's not with coaching news, um, unless that's yeah. changed again uh, since recording this. Uh, so we don't have to spend any time on that. There's no news on the coaching front. Uh, do we go right into Mark D'Antonio sitting for the deposition and speculation around that? Yeah, I guess maybe the only thing we will say about uh, about the coaching front is that uh, Mark D'Antonio did give a speech to the Michigan High School Athletics Association Coaches Clinic in which he somehow acknowledged that sports is tough and that changes need to be made, but then was not available for questions to clarify what he meant by any of that. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, deposition news. Uh, as we discussed uh, two weeks ago, Mark D'Antonio was sitting for a deposition in the Curtis Blackwell wrongful termination lawsuit that he brought against Mark D'Antonio, Luana K. Simon, uh, Mark Hollis, and then the Michigan State University. And then he also has uh, some version of an unlawful or wrongful arrest uh, lawsuit against two MSU uh, police, uh, police officers. So uh, Mark D'Antonio, after the football season, sat for his deposition. The, in advance of that, his lawyers had tried to limit the scope of that deposition, and the judge shot, him, shot the lawyers down. And so uh, Curtis Blackwell's attorneys had this thing all lined up, um, and apparently uh, MLive is reporting that of the seven hours they were allotted, they only went for five hours and 55 minutes because they didn't take into account when the courthouse would close. So that's a little hack. Uh, I mean, it, what... Josie, if you were a lawyer, um, do you think maybe looking into the hours at the building um, to make sure that you could get your full seven hours in um, might be a priority for you? How embarrassing would it if you would it be if you were in the room and someone knocked on the door and they were just like, "Hi, we're actually shutting down the building. Can you finish your your legal deposition now?" Yeah, the janitor comes in and is like. Yeah, hey, guys, man, I, I got to get this trash. Uh, yeah. You guys have to go. <laughs> I got to put yeah, these you, chairs up. You, you got to get out of here. Uh, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Uh, yeah, so it's funny because when we talked about this deposition, I think I might have uh, done a little bit of a rant, if you will, about reporters covering legal news and saying that Mark D'Antonio is due in federal court. And that's because 99.9% .9 of depositions don't take place in federal court. I can't imagine why. Oh, wait, maybe because you get kicked out early. Um, <laughs> <laughs> most of them take place in an attorney's office. And the uh, apparently the magistrate judge 
who's overseeing this case, at least on the uh, the evidentiary side, invited them to have the deposition at the courthouse so that the judge would be there to answer any objections. Without slogging through this any more than anyone might care to know, it's not like the judge is getting paged every 10 seconds to answer a deposition, or I'm sorry, answer an objection. If there was an objection, it would be to something major, like a whole line of questioning that you wanted to get done. And so MLive is reporting that the magistrate judge was never utilized, they took standard breaks, and that the time seems to have just been mismanaged by Blackwell's attorneys. Apparently, Mark D'Antoni's attorneys are saying he's not going to sit for the remaining hour and five minutes that they would be entitled to under the federal rules because they got their shot and they just blew it. Um, So they were given a day, which is seven hours, I think was the language. I'm paraphrasing that. Yep. If you were D'Antonio's lawyers, what would your legal argument be for why Blackwell's lawyers shouldn't be given that additional hour. Sure. So in fairness, you are as an attorney, as an attorney, when, when I had discovery, this is a phase in a lawsuit called discovery. When, when you have discovery fights, a, they're very unpleasant because they're over nonsense rules, but B, you have to look at the rule. And in this case, Mark D'Antonio under the federal rules is entitled to Curtis Blackwell's attorneys are entitled to depose him for seven hours. That said, you normally can't string these depositions over multiple days. And so if I'm Mark D'Antonio's attorneys, I am pointing to the fact that they had, uh, they had nearly the seven hours, they're one hour shy. If they're really upset about having not gotten to major topics, which for instance, they didn't. The whole hoorah-rah about Austin Robertson that we've been talking about for several weeks now, they didn't even ask him a single question about it. Mm-hmm. And so they had six hours to ask him a question about Austin Robertson. Like that, that's such a serious line of questioning that uh, for them to try and you know, cram that in, in an hour is a little bit bonkers on their part. Uh, so I would be saying, look, they messed around for six hours. You know, this was a delay tactic to try and get them back in, generate more headlines. I would point to the Detroit news articles, which are so clearly sourced by them. And then I would also say, you know, they got their day. Um, this yeah. is this is this was mismanaged on their end. And, you know, Curtis Blackwell's attorneys would rightfully say we're entitled to seven hours. We didn't realize that the course house would be kicking us out because we assumed that, you know, we'd be able to go through what's what now that I'm saying all this. What's even crazier about this is that the magistrate judge said, hey, I'll be around for your deposition. That clearly also wasn't true because they would have gone to the magistrate judge and been like, hey, can we move this to your chambers or something? And <laughs> the, ju- the judge is just apparently gone. So he peace, man. I, it was a Friday afternoon. You think he's going to stick around? Come on. Yeah. yeah. He no, or I mean, she. I apologize. Yeah. Uh, the, the, <laughs> the more that I think about this, the more that it's, you know, <laughs> just mismanaged so severely on their part. They do have the rule in their favor. I wouldn't be shocked if D'Antonio had to come back in for the last hour, five minutes. I am sure that D'Antonio's lawyers will make that as annoying as possible. Yeah. This will go on for a while, right? Like there will be, Uh, I bet you the judge rules on it pretty quickly. And you think so? uh, 
yeah, I mean, this is a, a this is fairly a, a, straightforward. Yeah, it's a yes or no. I mean, if, if D'Antonio's attorneys have like some solid case law to back them up or something, which I would be a little bit surprised by. I mean, it, this is all just arguing in facts and asking the judge to to make um, a quick decision. And candidly, Blackwell's attorneys probably have the best um, the best argument on their side. It's not a major inconvenience for D'Antonio to sit for another hour and five minutes. But uh, maybe D'Antonio says, I'm not going back to Grand Rapids. You have to do this niece Lansing. Yeah. So what would be if you had to choose a professional humiliation, would it be <laughs> not knowing the time that the courthouse closed and being kicked out? Uh, with an hour left in your deposition time, or would it be the fine for leaking to the media? Uh, I would absolutely choose the getting kicked out by the janitor uh, because <laughs> getting slapped with a $5,000 sanction is no joke. I mean, it is a joke in the legal community at how atrocious you have to be to warrant that kind of kind of uh, fine. So that's my pick. Mm-hmm. But uh, look for this to play out in the coming days. It's clear. It, it seems clear to me that as we've said, no matter, you know, the legitimacy or not of some of Blackwell's claims and, and, and in fairness to him, for instance, the arrest, he may well have a valid claim about that, you know, being taken out in cuffs was not warranted in that particular scenario. Um, but you know, that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with Mark D'Antonio. It d- doesn't have anything to do with Mark D'Antonio. So, um, it does seem either way, though, that Blackwell's lawyers are attempting to generate as many headlines as possible to make this as much of a story for MSU and Mark D'Antonio. And this just seems to be another iteration of that. Yeah. So with that, other happy news about football. Kevin. Yeah. Uh, uh, national writer Matt Smith tweeted today that uh, he did some kind of analysis, and I, I didn't look at the rigor of it, but... Uh, He called the MSU football 2020 campaign the toughest schedule in the country. Um, We've sort of been making note of that over the past several weeks, because as you look at the performance of the football team next season, you have to sort of keep that in mind. Um, Of course, going to BYU, playing Miami of Florida at home, uh, playing Michigan at home, Ohio State at home, on the road, at Penn State. Minnesota comes to town on the road at Iowa as well at Iowa. Pardon me. So, I mean, those are uh, formidable games. So even if it's not the toughest strength of schedule, I mean, what's really the difference between like one or five, it's very difficult. Uh, and it's, I mean, if you're, <laughs> if you're hoping to, uh, spend some time in Indianapolis next December, um, it's going to take a small miracle, but we just wanted to bring that back to everyone's attention. Keep that in mind, back of your head. You can be upset about things going on with MSU football, but when it comes to the record next season, we need a dose of realism. Yeah, watch it. And this is just another reminder. Kevin, I think we're on the same page on this. It's more about watching how MSU plays next year mm-hmm. than it is necessarily focusing on the wins and loss column. Sure. It, would we like some wins? Absolutely. For sure. But you know, I, I think it was I think it was 2012, which was a disappointing season where we lost most games by a touchdown or and less. In 2013, they won the Big Ten. Yeah. So, you know, pay pay some attention. And that doesn't mean we're not going to get smoked by Ohio State. We, we may well. But it, keep in mind how the team is playing and, and 
you know, see see if you can find enthusiasm in the playmaking and not the record. So, all right, let's move off football. It's <laughs> yeah, let's January. let's move to the season that it actually is, which yeah. is basketball season. And you know, Kevin, <laughs> it's amazing the mood swings that we have here in basketball yeah. season. Uh, MSU uh, had Wisconsin visit and did some winning. Yeah, so like. To your point exactly, we beat Michigan. It's a euphoria. Lose to to Purdue on the road. It's like you might as well be dead. And then now we've rebounded again. All the energy's back. Season's back on track. Beat uh, Wisconsin at home, which MSU basketball has been doing a lot of winning against Wisconsin. Uh, Feels so good too. Several years ago, younger listeners may not know or appreciate this but there was a pretty strong tom Izzo bo ryan rivalry and they got each other pretty frequently uh things would get a little fired up but i think i saw the stat msu's won like six of the last seven or something like that feels so right just yeah, feels it's right cathartic as someone who went through that that time um having that amount of success against Wisconsin has been fantastic and one of the things that i appreciated most about this game is how well the underclassmen seem to be performing in it um that rocket watts jab step step back for three move that is unlike anything i've seen from a player in my spartan fandom We've had some shooters on MSU basketball teams, but none of them have had a creating their own shot ISO like game like that. Yeah, we've had a I lot mean, of guys that can, you know, hit a three off of a screen or hit one in transition or, you know, in rhythm, those types of things. But straight on the ball like that, man to man, that is a sick move and it's been working great for him. Yeah, I, I mean, when he's not getting called for the travel, uh, I'm all about that jab step. There was, there's been a lot of traveling for MSU basketball for the last couple of games. Xavier Tillman also loves to travel. Well, so that 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 jab step step back move. I mean, the, that rocket was pulling. I mean, it was two possessions, I believe, in a row where you know the first one I think was just a crossover step back, and then the next one was a crossover behind the back step back that just made Brad Davidson look stupid. Yeah. I mean, it was insane. And Rocket Watts accounted for eight points in a row at one point in time. It was, I mean, he iced that game. Just absolutely, you know, just made sure that they knew we kicked you, you're down, stay down. Um, it was great. He and Foster Lawyer have been accounting for now Foster Lawyer. I think he missed his one three that he attempted in this game, but just, thinking about the last several games, he and Foster have really attributed this like three point shooting comeback in terms of the percentages that this MSU basketball team has enjoyed. Cassius Winston was over three from three point range against Wisconsin. Gay Brown was like two for two. Um, but rocket's been starting to hit him. He's been starting to feel that shot foster. As we know, you know, there is still some, nagging criticism of the foster lawyer game and i can understand that but uh he's been a little bit more potent on offense in his i think he played like nine minutes 
Um, uh, yep, sure yeah, did. But he only had two points. So he's not exactly making my point against Wisconsin. But three assists. You know, he, he, he distributed. Gabe Brown came in with a solid 13 points and four rebounds. Looked great. Aaron Henry, I, I, I don't... I continue to be baffled by every time that that I think fan and, and to a degree columnist commentary about Aaron Henry reaches its peak. He responds this game, 13 points, five rebounds, three assists. I mean, a solid outing for Aaron Henry uh, showed some attack that you want to see from him. But then, you know, I don't want to get down on the guy. But does that mean, you know, in our next game, we'll have no Aaron Henry? I'm I don't know. I'm confused, but it was good to see him step up. Yeah, and Marble played well in the time that he had. Malik Hall had some had six rebounds. Like he's been struggling to just grab those boards of late, and to see him come in and have six. I mean, the underclassmen played really well in this game. Better, yeah. I think, than Cassius did, even though he's obviously the man of the hour. Um, yeah, I, and let's if let's you talk about that. are concerned about. If I may just finish the thought, um, if you're concerned about the future of MSU basketball, (laughs) this game should have given you like in the post Cassius Winston, you know, season to come that there is quite a bit of hope. Yeah. And if you're worried about MSU future, I I just don't be. I mean, Mm -hmm. I don't even even in the struggles of the underclassmen you still saw things that let you know that they're, they're legit and they're, they're real players that they're just developing. Um, yeah, you know, it's, Izzo has never built, well, not for the most part, Izzo has not built his teams around one and done. So, you know, we have these expectations sometimes and in this season in particular, it seems like some have been thrust upon the, the freshmen a little unfairly. And think of all that talent we're seeing, or even, you know, uh, you know, Gabe Brown being a junior next year, um, the, and Joey Hauser's going to be there. Like it, this team is flush. We're great. Uh, and, and I can't wait to see it. You might have an AARP toting, uh, Josh Langford, uh, <laughs> yes. come out on the, on the court. The right They've been talking like about how 30. he's got old man game for 18 years. That might've been a, a curse as it turns out. That might've been, <laughs> <laughs> he might've become the old man game. Um, Hopefully, if he decides to come back, we'll have him as well. So uh, I was very encouraged about the future. And again, in college sports, teams really like to look ahead more than enjoy the present. And you should enjoy this team this year because it's they're just such nice boys and they're so fun to watch. Um, but the future is bright as well. Yeah, I and I would say that in college hoops more than any other sport, it seems that we fixate way too much on what's next instead of enjoying this particular season. And you know, just mute anyone who's a recruit, you know, recruiting analyst on your feed. Like, just enjoy this year because it is. It's a great group of guys who seem to have great chemistry, you know, and seem to enjoy basketball and seem to really enjoy being Spartans. And so, you know, and you got blessed with a huge moment. We, we mentioned at the top, but Cassius Winston didn't have a great game, but what he did do was set the all time assist record for the big 10. And, uh, you know, obviously by virtue of that MSU passing Mateen Cleaves, mm. hell of a moment with games to play. I mean, every assist that you see from here on out is just adding to that sum. So 
And I think he's tied tied for ninth with Paul Davis in all time scoring. Will you know? Obviously, pass him. He may well move up. It'd be a bit of a stretch, but may move into the top five. Uh, That would take some aggressive scoring on his part coming out. But you know, um, it's not impossible. I mean, if he averages, what's he averaging on the season right now? Um, I think eighteen. Is it that much? No, I could be. I'm probably lying. It's seventeen. You Uh, were or no? Hold on. Pardon me. I might have misread that. This is making for some great podcasting right now um no, let's just sit in the quiet just sit in the quiet just yeah no you're right it's 18 2020 hey. games played 17 minutes 31 points 18 18.1 slightly down from 18.8 last season so you figure he's gonna add at least 200 250 points to that total so yeah. good so, for him he'll and- uh He'll be filling up that media guide, man, for years um, to come. Yeah, and and as you tweeted after the game, uh, just send that number up into the rafters on senior night. Like, just yeah, get it over with. Let's not even pretend it's not happening. <laughs> yeah, just just literally be like, Cassius, I need your jersey, and then just put it on a hook, send it up there. I don't care if it doesn't look the way it should look. Just make make it clear it's up in the rafters. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no one's taking five. Uh, it, it is, it's done. It's over. But so as we mentioned, very, very happy times, happy place. It really enjoy this season. Kevin, we have a word from a, not a sponsor that is maybe if you don't feel that way is a place mm. for you. You want to tell the folks what we got here? Well, uh, sure. Because I think we're both excited about this. Uh, we like to step outside of our, our boundaries every once in a while and, and reach across the aisle and, uh, and, and partner with people you, you wouldn't expect us to partner with. Yeah, yeah, we like to mix it up. I mean, we do have an Ann Arbor bar as a sponsor, so, you know, sometimes uh, these opportunities present themselves. Um, But yeah, so we're very excited to announce that this episode of Can't Read and Can't Write is not brought to you by Michigan Twitter. Do you secretly hate yourself more than anyone else? Are you very insecure? How do you feel about Twitter fratricide? If you project a bold facade, but you actually don't really care for yourself that much, Michigan Twitter might be for you. So please check in with Ant Williams or MGo blog if you're not already blocked and join <laughs> us, the Brotherhood of Michigan Twitter. Oh, uh, we thank you, Michigan Twitter, for just being a beacon of hope and joy and all things positive and definitely, definitely not ever saying anything negative about a tragedy to fuel your rivalry. So we salute you. Uh, Kevin, let's head off Grand River. Yeah. And uh, just want to let you know, folks, if, if you didn't get a chance to listen last week, we had a wonderful, not a sponsor, from the state yeah. of Mississippi. Loved them. <laughs> Absolutely loved them. And, well, we told you it was because, you know, Lane Kiffin and uh, uh, what's his face? Mike Leach. Yep. The one and only Mike Leach. Are now coaches there. And we want to give you a little status update. They are already making gold. Uh, Mike Leach tweeting out tips for how to pick up women. Uh, Specifically, he says he thinks it's silly that men would ever go to a bar to pick up a woman because you can just go to Target where uh, women outnumber men 10 to 1, I think was his, his ratio. 
And it sounds like a classic leechism, though. That might not have been a shot at Kiffin, at Joey Freshwater, but it might have been at the same time. Oh, and and, uh, and he says, and they're already looking for things they don't need. Uh, so anyway, Lane Kiffin uh, just had to had to tag him, had to get in it. Um, yeah, he he added him directly, right? Oh yeah, it it, it it just I don't I don't know. They seem too buddy buddy. Like it seems like a comedy duo down there, and I'm here for it. It won't I'm, last. Th- that's going to go sour fast. Why does Lane Kiffin have a hashtag hottie toddy in his Twitter bio? I don't know. The man All likes right. a hot toddy. I have no idea. Uh, Pour a little whiskey right. in that tea. Maybe he's got a new alias. Could something be. Todd. <laughs> um, anyway, so yes, uh, state of, state of Mississippi is going to be a blast to watch. The fireworks are just beginning. But speaking of some fireworks, we had a national championship game that we recorded. Yeah, do we want to talk about this uh, as an MSU focused sports podcast? Do we have to do the obligatory? MSU is really far away from these two teams discussion. We recorded during the national championship last week. I went back. I rewatched parts of it. I, I think we all know that MSU is not a national championship caliber team. And I think we know where the issues are with the Spartan football program. So do we have to dwell on this? Nah, uh, I would, I would honestly rather talk about OBJ and, uh, passing out money. Um, but I don't even know that that's particularly relevant. Has he been either. picked up yet? I don't think so. Well, and and then the cops trying to bust uh, the the LSU players for smoking cigars. Like just it was it, it. What was sad to me is the post game just somehow became more about the post game than the actual game that happened. Yeah. Uh, but what we should talk about is Sean Windsor wrote a column for the Detroit Free Press about the lack of parity in college football, essentially saying that college football is just broken. Um, well, this is true, right? I mean, it, we all know and accept that there are tiers of programs, but when you when you sit down and you acknowledge it, I mean, it's a very strong case, right? There are really only like six or seven programs that are going to contend for a national championship every every year. And other teams are just playing for that at large bid or a second of four type situation, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, you look at who's gone to the playoffs regularly, you know, there are a couple sort of outliers, but, you know, MSU being one of them, but by and large, it's the same crew, you know, mm-hmm. uh, this, this season was exciting because LSU went like, okay. Uh, you know, and, and the the what was it? Three of the quarterbacks who were in the college football playoff were transfers from other programs that are regular that attendees. Also, yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, it's just I think to what's what's unfortunate, and we've mentioned this on the pod is, and and Sean I think did a nice job of hitting the nail on the head, is that the playoff as it exists now has kind of ruined college football because, you know, if the Rose bowl, for instance, isn't a playoff game, then somehow going to the Rose bowl is a disappointment. And that just doesn't feel right anymore. So maybe the solution is expanding the playoff. I I'm 
I, I think not. I think I know I'm on record saying that on the podcast. Maybe the playoff just needs to go. I, that may be a lesser popular opinion, but I think it would make your seasons more fulfilling if you're a program. Just to put some numbers around this, uh, teams that have had multiple appearances in the college football playoff, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Clemson, and Alabama. That's it. Um, LSU, Oregon, Georgia, Florida State, MSU, Washington, Notre Dame, all one appearance each. And some of those programs are what you would call a real have at the same time. Like Georgia, definitely. Florida State, somewhere in that have category. Notre Dame fans will be very upset that I'm not including them in the have category, but this isn't 1972. So we're not, we're just not including you in that. And then there are haves that aren't, haven't even broken in here yet. Like I would expect Texas to start making appearances here. It it baffles me that that Texas has not been able to put it together for the last 10 years. Like when was that last national championship game where they lost to Alabama? What year was that? Mm. with colt mccoy and he had to leave halfway through it was way after three it's like oh all right 2010 2011 or something like that feels like forever yes it does it pre it's the bcs era so it doesn't even matter but the the fact of the matter is you can almost take it as an assumption that alabama or clemson are going to be in the national championship next year clemson particularly because you know, they happen to play in a conference where it's much easier. It's a much easier path to the Big Ten cha- or to the uh, to the college football playoff. So and, and and the longer these teams continue to be in the playoffs, the more that they mm-hmm. continue to build their advantage to keep going to the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. you know, the argument for expanding the, the playoff system is that if you invite more teams to go into the playoffs, then more teams can brag about being in contention every year for that national title. And so, you know, if you're, you know, Wisconsin, we'll just pick as an example, that that expands your recruiting reach. I would love to pick MSU, but we're not there right now. But, you know, someone like Wisconsin is maybe a little bit more primed to get into a playoff, or even Iowa for that matter, you mm-hmm. know, thinking of other Big Ten schools. Michigan, you know, Sure, but they would certainly lose the first game. So, you know, who cares? Um, <laughs> that's not mean. Or that's not a nice thing to say, Michael. MSU <laughs> lost the first game. So, yeah, no, I'm talking about in like a 16 team playoff and just mm. knowing that that Harbaugh uh, can't win a big game. So um, anyway, broader point is uh, Sean Windsor had a great piece in the Detroit Fruit Press that if you haven't read, it, it's certainly something to reflect on. And he, and he brings some data to it. Uh, It's titled College Football is Broken and Shows No Signs of Being Fixed. And I think he has some valid points and and makes me yearn for a bigger playoff field. You know, and if for no other reason than people who might say, yeah, but the number one team's just going to knock off the number 16. Sure. You know, and that happened in basketball forever until it didn't, you know, and Virginia went down. So, you know, and and I think we've said here on before, you know, uh, drawing on something that CT and TC said, which is that it's not like people don't tune into Mar- March Madness because, you know, they're it's so boring with the, you know, the the way the seating works. People tune in because upsets happen. You know, mm-hmm. weird things happen. And if there was a bigger playoff, you might see a little bit more of that. So Indeed. All right. What's next here? 
Um, MLB scandal, baby. Astros, baby. Just, it's just a virus that's just going through baseball right now. Dude, everyone's getting taken down. Not everyone, but this thing does seem to keep getting bigger, doesn't it? It it feels a lot like, um, it, it feels a lot like uh, the feds taking down, uh, you know, a college basketball. Uh, <laughs> no, like a <laughs> like a, like a, a mob family. Uh, like people mm. are just flipping on each other. Like just like I'm not the only one who did it. And then they just like throw the hot potato to somebody else, and it's just getting worse and worse. And you know, uh, I feel like baseball is a little overdue for a real cleanse. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like they've had a series of scandals through their history that they've never fully owned or really tried to reset. Um, you know, steroids. Yeah. They started doing some things a little bit differently on testing, but there's not like a a whole era where they just are like, yeah, we messed that one up. I, I I don't know. Major league baseball seems like a, a tire fire and just a disaster. You got anything to add about it? I'm interested to see where this story goes. I don't know. It it seems like this could be another MLB scandal that just sort of goes away one day. Or this thing could continue to cascade through the rest of the league. So I want to check in next week and see if more general managers have fallen or if uh, this thing is sort of petered out. I think Joe sports fan doesn't really care that much about this. So I think it could go away, but we'll see. Well, they, they didn't take that championship. So no, you know. um, and, and honestly, the, uh, it, I'm, I'm curious to see if more stuff gets dragged up, you know, in this continuing to pass the hot potato. If people are like, well, you know, so-and-so is doing this and just, you know, yeah. trying to detract from the attention that, whomever is under the the microscope at any particular moment. Um, Like I said, baseball's a tire fire right now. It's just a disaster. So should we go back to football again? If there's no parody in college football, we can talk about the NFL. (laughs) Parody abound. Do we want to talk about, what do you do for the Super Bowl? What do you personally do? I mean, I don't have really an NFL team, so I follow it. I know what's going on with the NFL. I know that Patrick Mahomes is like a super human uh, quarterback. Like some of the plays, some of the throws that he made in that game were unbelievable. Um, But for the Super Bowl, what are you going to do, if anything? I I won't do anything. I don't don't know that I'll watch. Um, If I do... It'll probably be because is it is it next Sunday? Is it Two this Sundays Sunday? from now. Two yeah, Sundays. So no, I probably won't watch. Honestly, I mean, if I do, it's merely so that I can have conversations at work. Um, I don't know that I watched last year. I don't know that I watched the year before that. I don't have friends here yet. We just moved, so uh, there will be no parties I'll be invited to, and I just don't. It, I've said it here on the podcast, and I got shit for it. I don't care about NFL football. Unless there's a Spartan yep. that I particularly am invested in, don't care. Felton Davis, he's going. He's a Niner. Great. Great. Um, I think. Or is he with the Chiefs? He doesn't play wherever he's. So. But, you know, what's crazy it's is the that Chiefs, I, I think. I grew up a, a Niners fan, you know, when I was a little kid. 
was a huge mm-hmm. Joe Montana fan. Uh, this of is the course. Joe Montana Bowl <laughs> with the the Chiefs and the Niners. That's right. Those are his two teams. Yeah. Uh, but I just I just don't care. Um, don't care. So, uh, what are you are you doing anything for the Super Bowl? Otherwise, we will move on. <laughs> we very we about fifty fifty get invited to a party like. My group of friends, our group of friends, even though you've moved away, uh, don't really care about the NFL at all. I don't know if that's like because we're in Michigan, so why would you? Or <laughs> if it's we prefer college sports because I watch college sports with tons of people all the time. But yeah, Super Bowl, never that big a deal in, yeah. the, uh, in the Greg household. Yeah, I just I just don't care. Um, so with that, let's talk about something that is a big deal. Rutgers. The biggest deal. I mean, we kicked off the show with this. Ranked for the first time in 41 years. I believe the last time they were ranked, Kevin, they were national champs. Is that true? Does Rutgers have a basketball national championship? Or maybe the final four. I don't know. Um, hold on. We're going to have to cut Final this. Four, 1976. Yeah, they have that, no national championships. Fine. Final don't, Four, 41 years ago? Don't be crazy. Yes. All right. They yeah. also so have no, only one Elite Eight. So, yeah. They've well, been I'm just Sweet 16 twice. I'm just saying that a Final Four is a, a natty of sorts. It's, well, they're going to the tournament. So just get that through your brain space right now. When you're filling out your bracket, it is going to have Rutgers basketball on it. So I, I don't know. Sometimes we get asked who the other basketball team that you should watch is maybe when they're not playing MSU cheer for Rutgers, man. Good for them. And honestly, I think that that Rutgers team might, might make it a couple games. They, they need a couple bounces, but I think they might make it a couple games. Where are they at in Kempom? We're doing great radio. Yeah. Uh, we're on a real just, roll. Just right I mean, they're way better there. on defense than on offense. Yeah, they're uh, adjusted defense, they're ninth. Adjusted offense, they're 90th. Uh, they're 24th overall uh, right now in the Kempom ranking. So um, they're legit, man. They're going. Right. I don't know if you've looked at bracketology uh, for what bracketology is worth right now uh but joe lenardi has 12 big big 10 teams in the tournament (laughs) didn't he take a second to just be like wait a second that doesn't make any sense hold on (laughs) i don't think this one conference is sending 12 teams but that's sort of what the big 10 is this year it's a bunch of teams that are definitely good enough to go to the ncaa tournament and then Nebraska and Northwestern. <laughs> oh, man. And, and you know, it, good for them because their basketball seasons should mirror their football seasons. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Big Ten, a lot of fun to watch. And, and I agree. I, I think Rutgers is a team you should root for because, let's be honest, folks, they need it. They need yeah. your love. It's, it's like, you know, cue some Sarah McLaughlin right now. You know, asking for your money to save puppies. That's how you should feel about Rutgers. Speaking of some dollars, Kevin, we got another not a sponsor. This one's huge. We're keeping this, it local on this one. 
It is. We are leaving Ann Arbor. We're keeping it local to East Lansing. Can't Read, Can't Write is not brought to you by the Michigan State Federal Credit Union. Michigan State Federal Credit Union wants to let you know that we're unlocking a brand new type of checking account. It's dubbed our Checking 2020 account. For anyone who can make an immediate deposit of $4.3 million, we'll unlock a high interest level, near 0% APR on auto loans, and have all of your ATM fees reimbursed. So if you're in the East Lansing area and happen to have $4.3 million on hand, come on by. Mark? Thank you, MSUFCU, for being not a sponsor. Greg? They're expanding, uh, they're expanding downtown, by the way. They're building a location right downtown East Lansing. Weren't they already downtown East Lansing? No, they're building like a huge, like eight story, uh, like office corporate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's very exciting. Mm -hmm. What's also exciting is that it's time for Twitter questions. Yeah. Um, first one up is from Alex Plum, who wants to know if they can get an, we can get a not a sponsor from at D'Antonio Mark, his grammar (laughs) coach, because uh, it was an art form watching him say everything in order to say nothing. Yeah, it was uh, some uh, entrapment stuff, like dancing through the laser beams of like uh, getting his message out, but not really saying anything incriminating. Uh, well, he's been well coached uh, for this deposition, apparently. Yeah, uh, you need to make change, but work hard, love the people around you, complete the circle. <laughs> Chase the inches. Chase it. Chase it. <laughs> uh, great question, Plum. Uh, we'll check in and see if we can get him on. Uh, next question from Alex Plum is, any good conspiracy theories on why D'Antonio is so reticent to make staffing changes? In lieu of divining meaning out of rambling speeches, uh, maybe can we just care to make some up? Well, there is a conspiracy out there that D'Antonio is keeping some members of staff on payroll because he doesn't want them talking to the media or, you know, going somewhere else. Um, Or Blackwell's attorneys. We haven't talked about this, but it exists. It's out there in the, in the Twitter realm and on the message boards. Personally, I don't buy it. I don't think that there's, um, I think that that kind of information is going to come out one way or another. And I don't think Mark would uh, would think that he could keep it bottled up forever just by continuing to pay these guys on staff if they did know no, something. And, and these are professional coaches who understand that, you know, job changes come with the turf. I, mm-hmm. I you know, and, and after, after years and years of loyalty, I, I, I have a hard time believing that any of them would take it so personally that they would do something like that, even if there is something to disclose, which... I kind of doubt that there's anything that they could say that hasn't been discovered already. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I sadly don't have a good conspiracy theory. I think the reality is, is that he thinks he's got it still. Yeah. You know, he doesn't and, know what's broken and he doesn't know how to fix it. I think it's as simple as that. I, I, I don't, I don't even know if I would say that. I think he knows that something is broken, but I think he's like, well, I got the same guys who, you know, won me the Big Ten three times and, you know, got me to the playoffs. And so that's good enough. And, and not having recognized that college football has made drastic changes. I, I, 
I think he, I think he's maybe more blind to the rest of college football than anything else. But anyway, next question, Jer Bear. Uh, this one is right up your alley, Greg, because I know you have some design thoughts. This question is: Spartan Stadium needs more of MSU history. Besides the mega Sparty towering over the stadium, what are three upgrades you'd make for the stadium that are both for both fan experience and recruiting? Well, first off, Jared Bear, thanks for tying my arm behind my back on that one. Like my my best material <laughs> on Spartan Stadium <laughs> upgrades, you take that away from me immediately. Thank you. Uh, I'll start this by saying I don't think the stadium needs any more seats. And I know that's going to be difficult for some members of our listening uh, audience to hear. But um, when the team's not winning 11 games a season... We don't need to expand the season, uh, the uh, the stadium. So I'm going to go with wider aisles because it does take a long time for folks to file out of that place, especially after losing to Arizona State at the very end of the game. Um, because you asked us to really embrace our history, I'm going to ask to put the urinal troughs back in. That's our true heritage. I love at this. the stadium. Okay, that's that's really embracing who we are um and then i guess some kind of like hall of history type thing like there is at breslin center but without the wax statues um which like what happened to the area that used to be the gas stations and the service bays what do they do with that why not renovate that out into like a spirit shop or some kind of hall of fame or something mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i love that anyway um, what do you think love all of those i would make a uh, sell alcohol and that is going to improve your fan experience. And I think it also improves recruiting because you have a rowdier crowd. So that's my number one. Number two is the mechanism that students have to get into Spartan stadium is a giant disaster. And I know that doesn't affect me anymore, but it wasn't a pleasant experience lining up in those stupid lines before you mean, you remember that, right, Greg? Oh, I remember. It was terrible. So they need to, to figure that out. Um, and then I guess for a, a third one, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to side with you. I, I think it would be, it'd be nice if they tacked on a little bit of a space that was, you know, not necessarily tied to a game in particular, that there would still be a reason to go to Spartan Stadium perhaps to, to see a bit of a museum. I know they have a lot of that stuff in the football building, but it would be nice to share it with the public. Um, you know, it'd be great if they could put the trophy room in or, you know, bring trophies out during game week or something, you know, so that people could see them. That's, that's what I would do. All right. Uh, next up. Yes. Uh, great question. Next up is CTNTC who slash what has been the biggest inspiration for your podcast personas? I like this question because of what it implies. (laughs) 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 Uh, I mean, I, CT, I, I don't know what to say. Sadly, this is who we are. (laughs) No, I take my inspiration from every morning, you know, zoo type radio broadcast across the country. Crazy Uh, Ira and the douche. We need more fart drops. Um, we're not there yet. This is a work in progress, CT and TC, but. Uh, I assure you we'll borrow more from, uh, from, you know, our, our betters. 
But I, I, I would ask you, CT, uh, do, do tweet at us and let us know who you think we're most like. Uh, I'm super curious, and, and <laughs> I will reiterate, sadly, this is who we are. Yeah, I don't think we're going to like what he's going to say. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, next up from David Jackson, which <laughs> we're not going to like what he says, but if he, we, we did reflect on whether we'd answer this as a joke or answer it sincerely opted for somewhere between borderline sincerely curious what prompted the question, please add us. Um, next up from David Jackson, which preseason big 10 basketball contenders, in addition to the obvious choice of Ohio state are out of the race reduced to spoilers. Well, I just said Bracketology has 12 of 14 uh, teams in the uh, in the tournament right now. And I don't think anyone considered Nebraska or, um, pardon me, Northwestern to be contenders. So I guess maybe we do Michigan or Penn State. They're two and four or three and four in the conference, respectively. I, I don't know. Were they ever considered contenders preseason? I mean... Michigan was, was unranked like mid T, but are we talking about pre-conference season or pre-basketball season? Pre, it says preseason, and I don't know okay. what you're dropping over there, but I hope it's something it's awesome. Right. Don't worry about it. It's not my beer. I've still got that. That's all. That is. <laughs> uh, look, I I don't know what Purdue was expected to do, but obviously they're on my radar uh, as a spoiler. Um. I don't. I mean, it's if if the question is preseason, um, I I think that's a little tough to answer because Michigan State was so widely considered to be the runaway favorite for you know Big Ten champ. I think only some idiots were picking uh, Maryland, and one idiot in particular from the Lansing State Journal thought Illinois was going to be a real real runner for it. It you know and. I don't know. I, it, I'm going to go with Penn State is my answer. Potentially. All right. As a spoiler. All right. Next question is from uh, Vodka Soda 19. What's your favorite Billy Joel song? Well, we we strictly do 80s Joel music here, sir. We keep it late 80s and we keep it fun. Uh, it's a very es- esoteric reference to the film Step Brothers that uh, you didn't laugh at. So um, nope, didn't pick up didn't on that it. at all. <laughs> I will say that my favorite Billy Joel song is We Didn't Start the Fire because it feels like an anthem for baby boomers. Um, Just abdicating any responsibility. Sorry, boomers. Greg, you got a favorite Joel song? No, I I reference Step Brothers. That's my that's my answer. That's your answer. (laughs) All right. Next up is Taylor Anderson. This is a real lit show we have going on right now. Taylor Anderson What's your ideal MSU road trip? Could be a bowl game for football or just a fun road trip. Any sport, any team, not necessarily a currently scheduled away game. Good question, uh, Taylor. Yeah, I'm going to go Big Ten tournament, Big Ten basketball tournament road trip. Uh, I've wanted to do that for a long time, and I haven't been able to make it happen. What about you? You know, honestly, I would take MSU on an up year going down to... Orlando again. I I had a lot of fun when we went down to Orlando. I don't know about you. It's been a long time since the team has been in the Orlando region. But uh, Orlando weirdly was a fine town to to be in. Uh, Mm -hmm. I had a really great time down there. And it's maybe not the sexiest choice, but I would take a 
mid upper mid level SEC team for a fun game and and being able to hang out in some warm weather, you know, during bowl season. That it would be fine. For me, second choice, probably Arizona. I'd go to Arizona. They See my it. folks. You know. Um next up, I don't know what to do with this. Matt Herman. <laughs> Gandhi said Nonviolence is the greatest force at the disposal of mankind. It might be mightier than the mightiest weapon of destruction devised by the ingenuity of man. That considered, will baseball die? Very coherent question, Matt. Thank you. Um, I, think, I think we just have to go back to ye old baseball. I'm talking Greenfield Village baseball. The spectators want to see the Wizards, Bounders, and Corkers of the first nine, you know? Oh, so. don't, don't do that voice again. That's Hard actually my new podcast, no, my new podcasting persona is just that voice nonstop. There you go, CT. Um, I, no, it, I think we just covered this in a way. Baseball will not die. There is no amount of, of scandal that it can be rocked with to make it die. Next up, Raymond Chains coming in hot again. Are you jonesing for some collegiate slash minor league baseball yet? Um, I'm going to go ahead. Oh, you actually, you go ahead. I, I thought it was addressed to me for the jonesing. Oh, yeah. You thought the jonesing was for you? Uh, mm-hmm. No, these are all for me. Uh, but yeah, maximum jonesing. Jonesing as hard as I could jones. I got to get that Cooley Law uh, Stadium Bev Band, baby. It's a great value. Is but, that for like Thirsty Thursday? Back when uh, they did, dude, bro, you don't even need Thirsty Thursday for the Bev Band. You pay them like twenty bucks, you get like five drinks or something like that. Oh, it's so much better than just individual drinks. Oh, Bev Band, Bev Band life. Let's go, Cooley Law. I, what up? I, what are you gonna say? <laughs> you're plugging Cooley Law. Uh, I they are not a sponsor. Um, I will totally support any minor league baseball. I sadly prefer it, uh, over collegiate baseball and I don't know why. I think it's just, I think it's that relaxed, like it's like family friendly, but also just it's really, you're there for baseball being in the background. I played Euchre at Lugnuts games. It's great. Uh, so yeah, I'm always down for some minor league baseball. Jonesing though. I don't know about that. Uh, next question. Are you guys casual fans or do you hold special insight into Spartan athletics? Shut up, Raymond, man. Be cool. All right. Hey, <laughs> I second that. <laughs> what What do you think? Uh, if Sparty knocked on your door at 4 a.m. and reeked of whiskey, how would you react? Well, I would almost certainly also reek of whiskey. So we keep that thing going, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I say you up. Come on in. Uh, next question is a similar question. Who's a more awkward drunk dial, Tom Izzo or Mark D'Antonio? Oh, I misread this drunk dial. Um, I think it would be D'Antonio. I think Izzo would be like, Come for sure. Uh, for- D'Antonio would be like, it's church tomorrow, son. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, no, no. I, in my mind, I picture this as them drunk dialing you. Oh, and, my God. And, and it's still D'Antonio to me because... I think D'Antonio starts talking about completing circles and, and chasing it and that the 2013 Rose Bowl shirt that he just found. And I mean, it is, you know, Izzo, I think is just more like get to bed, man. But D'Antonio, I would record that shit in a second. <laughs> uh, next question from Raymond is I'm now the time of year where there isn't any football that holds my attention. Will the XFL tide me over? Uh, it better. 
right? That's the whole idea to this whole XFL re-experiment is that humans want more football. Football ends. Why does it have to end? Let's fill in that gap with more football. So we'll see. We'll see if, uh, if it will. Um, they're leaning in on the whole collegiate uh, you know, association side of things. So it's a good start in my book. Yeah, I'll probably pay more attention to the XFL than I do to the NFL, honestly. So I'm, an, I'm willing to give it a year. Um, next up is the real upper deck jerk guy. Uh, had any of this year's sweet, sweet nectar, Hop Slam? I have not. I have not been to a bar with the Hop Slam yet. Have you? I mean, no. do they even have it on the coast? Mr. No. Coastal Elite? Uh, I, I would have to, to fish around. I did, I did genuinely look for it. Um, to have for this podcast today. We are going to try and find some Hop Slam for podcasts to come, but it wasn't able to find any. So not yet. Yeah, we'll try um, to pick some up for next week. I, I learned his name at one point in time, and now I just want to give him a name anyway. But next up from the real Upper Deck Jerk guy is, do you watch soccer? And if so, why? I feel like this is a very loaded question. <laughs> I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it's a leading so, question. Why? <laughs> Um, this is a World Cup only household. What, what about with you? Not even that. I can't stand the sport. It's so boring. And, and I know I'm going to I'm we're losing listeners and followers as I say that don't care. It's true. Hockey way better sport with similar scoring levels. Soccer is garbage. Um, next up, can Danton Cole coach football? Wait, sorry, that should be for Hondo. Great. Love it. Uh, we're always down for a Hondo dunk here. I uh, was thinking about heading out to Utah for the BYU game this fall. Do you have thoughts? Well, you got to uh, bring your own supplies, if you know what I mean. It's Utah. Um, your, uh, your family has some Utah ties. Uh, have you heard anything about a game experience out there? I haven't, but I will tell you this, that if you are thinking about heading out to Utah and you can tie in an MSU game as sort of an extra excuse to go, do it. Utah, for all the reasons you could make fun of the state, is absolutely gorgeous. And it's beautiful. I mean, it's either Utah or California is the prettiest state in the union, and I I will fight someone on that. So check it out. I hear Provo is actually kind of cool to the extent that you can say that about a town in Utah. you know, and so I would totally encourage you to go take pictures and, you know, uh, send them to us because I would be super jealous, though. I, I did hear that uh, the lowest ticket price for that game is like one hundred nine dollars. So <laughs> I, I I don't know if that's just the BYU faithful keeping the prices high, but that seems a little bit crazy to watch two mediocre teams play each other. So. Uh, stars. Great indicator of talent or guesses from people who just swag it? <laughs> uh, I take stars as a general indicator. I think we've said before, I trust more of like recruiting peer groups. What other programs have offered X, Y, or Z recruits? And I do my own internal ranking and stars tend to generally align with that, but they're not, it's not perfect. What do you oh, think? You do, you do your own internal ranking? Yeah, I have a whole spreadsheet over here. <laughs> tracking 15 year old boys yep. um i add some, them all on twitter <laughs> s- 
someone from the FBI might want to go to your house. Uh, mm-hmm. The I, I would say I would actually take it a little step further because I actually got into this with someone on Twitter earlier this week that yet yeah, peer groups are a fine indicator. But if you're looking at individual players who are offered, don't don't say crap about them. And I'm not even talking about adding them. I'm I'm just saying I think it's silly of us to talk trash about a player who maybe doesn't have a great peer group list because Kenny Willekes didn't have one that that anyone would brag about. Uh Kirk sure. Cousins offer list was not fantastic. Le'Veon. And yep, Le'Veon's was not fantastic. And so yes, uh stars you got you get enough five stars on your team and yet yeah, uh, most of them are going to be pretty freaking good. But that's not to say that they're a great indicator of talent per se. There are plenty of misses. Uh, how much snow is too much snow? Last question from the Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Well, I was uh, walking out of Crepe's Sake in Lansing on Sunday, and it was a delightful light snow made to look like a Hallmark Christmas movie. So... I think snow is great when it's frozen and not slushy and awful and when it's removed from sidewalks and roads. Um, I love a good, like, ski trip with a ski lodge, uh, and snow is required for that. Um, sure. But when it gets icky, when it gets you, like, in your shoe, and you no, pass at that point. What do you think? Yeah, I, I remember, like, standing out on the front porch when I lived on Charles. Um, and it was like three in the morning. It was super quiet, big, beautiful, like snow happening. It was great. I have zero interest in the next day, though. So I, I am not a cold weather person. One of the great things about Colorado, for instance, is that it'll snow a ton. And then the next day you can shovel it in a T-shirt. I'm about that lifestyle, not the nonsense that happens out east and in the Midwest. Last question from Rebecca Sawyer. What do you think is required reading for sports fans in general and for Spartan fans in particular? I got one for Spartan fans. There's a book called Arrogance and Scheming in the Big Ten, and it's written by a dentist who grew up living next door to Jack Breslin. Uh, All about how MSU joined the Big Ten Conference and U of M's untoward methods and opposition uh, to that joining of the conference. It's a fantastic book. It's unbelievably researched. Like it's half footnote, basically. Um, it's a little dry, but there's a ton of good information <laughs> in there. Um, I will say um, uh, Proverbs sixteen eighteen. Sorry, for sports fans, the good book is the book that you should read. Pride comes before the fall. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it is. It is, it is, it it comes full circle. It completes the circle. What a way to end Twitter questions. Yep. Uh, Last, not a sponsor for the week, Kevin. Uh, I love our not a sponsors. Who do we have that we're partnering with or not partnering with rather this week? It's true. Yeah. Can't read, can't write is not partnering with Pat Chambers. Pat Chambers, Penn State Basketball Clinic, where you never know what's going to happen next. Maybe you lose a lot of league, game, league games. Maybe Pat gets suspended. Maybe you presume Pat's going to get fired. Maybe the next season, Pat has a ranked team. Maybe then he loses a bunch of league games. Then maybe he <laughs> beats ranked Ohio State, like everyone else is doing 
granted, but still beats ranked Ohio State. It's a wild ride at the Pat Chambers Basketball Clinic, and we want you on it. And as long as you're on it, we'll count you as an attendee at Bryce Jordan Center all season. Thank you. (laughs) All right, Kevin, let's wrap this show up. Uh, We've got a couple previews to look ahead at the week. We've got Indiana or at Indiana and then at Minnesota. Uh, What can we say about Indiana? Well, first off, I would point out that half of all uh, Big Ten basketball road wins come against uh northwestern and nebraska okay so keep in mind that neither of these two teams are named northwestern or nebraska so (laughs) just have that in the back of your head as msu goes to assembly hall on thursday um indiana basketball fans i think are starting to lose a little bit of uh patience over there with old archie um this team is not a great shooting team uh but they do play pretty good defense particularly at home so they uh, what is their home record i mean they've got some wins everyone in the big 10 has some wins well 12 out of 14 of us are going to the dance so you know yeah so it's a formidable place to play. They've basically won their Big Ten home games. They basically lost their Big Ten road games. And it's just another one of those. They're a middle-of-the-pack Indiana team uh, with some pieces, but nothing that really jumps off the page at you. Unlike Minnesota. Minnesota well, so has I, I think... I think before we get to Minnesota, what to watch for at the Indiana game is mm-hmm. maybe not the win or loss, though you would hope to come out with a win. But is is this team capable of maybe taking some lessons from Purdue, particularly the young players, and stepping up and making a more competitive game out of this? It's okay that winning on the road is hard right now for everybody, but you can't have a repeat of Purdue. And I guess that lesson would also be true of Minnesota. Indeed. Uh, I think it's going to be tough, though. I mean, we did say that Indiana plays pretty good defense, but I think that uh, that Purdue defense that they played against MSU and kind of getting in the lanes and sort of getting in Cassius's like vision a little bit the way that Kentucky was able to do earlier in the year, uh, first game of the season. I think that's going to be tough for Indiana, but not impossible. So uh, have they released the line on that game? it's thursday so they won't do it until wednesday okay um so we don't have that that's not exciting but i'll um, I'll, I'll check what espn's predicting it as right now okay you you go ahead and start talking about minnesota and i'll wrap it with minnesota is another one of those teams uh that sort of uh won its home games lost its road games uh unlike indiana though they have a dude at center daniel orturu um he's playing 35 minutes he's like averaging 20 and 10 um 10 rebounds uh he is a force so we know that uh minnesota likes to play like pretty abbreviated uh playing rotation and that does tend to be the case here like their starters are all right around 30 minutes and then it they've got trey williams or no he might start they've got a, a lighter bench um that's what's important here So they rely heavily on their starters and production from those starters. 
And um, I mean, the barn is just a tough place to play. And it's a place that MSU has not had a great deal of success over the last several years. So um, I think this could be a tough week. I think MSU, I think if you ask Tom Izzo if he'd be happy splitting these two games, uh, I think he might take that. Uh, Three of the next four MSU basketball games are on the road in the Big Ten against the sort of like same tier uh, of opponent. So um, I I would expect MSU drops at least one of these two games this week. And then as a result, drops out of the AP top 10 rankings again and just sort of like wavers in that high single digits, low double digits range for the rest of the season forever forever at this point because rankings are great at taking things in context um the for whatever it's worth the espn's uh, power index has us predicted as a 64.4 percent favorite in the minnesota game and a 67.9 percent favorite in the indiana game so okay you know that we we are the better team in both, but uh, the other teams have a fighting chance. Largely, I think because we're on the road. I would expect these to be in the eighties if we were playing at Breslin, for sure. So, uh, with that, thank you all for sticking with us through dead air and googling and uh, <laughs> and some lively chat about depositions again. I'm so excited for that to be over. It'll Aren't never you? end. It'll never die. Just like Mark Antonio, always that snake chasing its tail, trying to complete that circle. Chase um, it. <laughs> chase it. All right. Well, folks, as always, Kevin, go green, buddy. Go away, Michael. <laughs>